0: Welcome into Camel Call Friday. We are going to be talking about all of our fall sports, including a big football matchup uh, coming up end of the weekend. But first, it is my pleasure to uh, welcome back the man that brought the first ever team track and field championship trophy to a Buies Creek. He is our head track and field and cross country coach Virgil Gibbons. And coach, before we talk about cross country and this fall, Man, oh man, we've gotten to talk about it, I don't think in the in the interview uh, aspect of it, but last last year at the end of last season in June, you ended up with two top five finishers in the nation, two All-Americans, and Dorcas Eway, who took fifth overall at the 800 meters at the national championship, and Chastity Pickett picked up a bronze medal third overall in the 400 meter hurdles. Uh you've had a lot of time for that to set in but but what does that mean to you and this program?
1: I think it meant a lot. I think it it, it really showed um that the things that I was saying and what I've been trying to preach to the the kids and anyone else that, that would listen is um hey man we these kids are special. Um this place is special and we can do some phenomenal things with the right support, the right backing. Um and you know, and I think we, we got a chance to show that, um, you know, the girls finished off 30th in the nation and um, majority of the teams that were above us were really power fives. Um, even the teams that we beat, we beat a bunch of power fives. Um, and I think that just kind of shows that, you know, I've been the head coach for, I think, two years or maybe three years. And we're doing that with these kids and, um, and Chastity's coming back and, and we want more. And we have other kids that are coming behind her that want more. And so um, we're just super excited.
0: Talk about the, the kind of athlete, the kind of person Chastity is.
1: Man, she's a, she's a godsend. Um, she's an incredibly hard worker. Um, she's a, a, a God-fearing young lady. Um, she's a leader. She's a teammate. Um, she kind of encompasses everything that you need from an athlete um, or everything that you want. Um, she's going to show up on time. She's going to work hard. She's going to ask you for more work. Um, but then, when you slow her down, she's gonna pester you about being able to do more. Um, but at the same time, she understands all of it. She gets where we're trying to go and what we're trying to get done. Um, and she's humble. She says she doesn't walk around like she's better than anyone else. She walks around as, as though she's a regular person. And, um, and you know, Chastity's just a blessing to be around and to experience her growth. Two
0: points that say all you need to know about you and your program. You told me that Chastity was going to do something special <laughs> and not just like, ah, oh, she's going to win a conference yes. championship and do this. Like you let me know you said, hey, she has a chance to finish really high um, in the nation. You told me that way before uh, we, we knew she was going to do that. And then. I cannot even imagine in these days with the transfer portal, yes. someone with eligibility left and a yes. lot of eligibility left finishing third mm-hmm. in the nation. The, 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 calls she got, whether they were supposed to call her or not and for her to come back here to you and, and this program that says a lot, doesn't it?
1: Uh, it does. It does. Um, <clears throat> it says a lot to the relationship that we have. And um, I think it shows that yes, those things are very, very powerful. And Chastity had her share. Um, not only not even not only through her social media, but even in person. She had people coming up to her and I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I think the relationship and her belief in what we're what we're building together and what we're building here at Campbell is the reason why she chose to come back and and, and you know, not take those opportunities.
0: That's awesome. All right, let's go on to uh, cr- cross-country. Of course, uh, before too long, we'll be talking about your indoor season, but but cross-country, a rebuilding program. You have had to reshape the, this program in, in ways, really, uh, there was a run there, but it was ways that were not sustainable and, nice. and not focused on the, uh, the overall team and what you guys want to accomplish and obviously have in indoor and outdoor, but these are... Our, our student athletes, um, women and men, that that work really hard. And you guys will be right up the road at the uh, Adidas Challenge um, on Friday. Yes,
1: I am super excited. I will tell you, we brought in, I think we brought in 23 kids, um, eight girls and 15 guys. And just to see them buy into our culture, right, and put the work in that they're putting in. Um, and I'm going to tell you, man, these girls compete. These girls, they are they are competitors, Um And our guys were still growing. And so, um, to me, this weekend, right, or tomorrow, just to be able to see them. Um, get a chance to compete again and to see them to see like you know after the first meet we we all talked and we talked about what what we saw as coaches and um and we asked them what they saw and what they felt as athletes to try to bridge the gap together right to try to get them to understand where we're trying where we want them to be and what we're looking for um and you know I'm hoping and excited to see the response um for them at this meet um and this is a much bigger meet than the first one so um yeah, I'm just really, really excited to see them compete and to see them grow.
0: The CAA, uh, new for you guys, obviously new for everybody. The, the CAA championships will be uh, in Virginia on October 27th. I, I forget how condensed the cross-country <laughs> yes. uh, season is. You guys are starting? All right, now it's the conference championships <laughs> and on to NCAA. I don't have to tell you that. In the CAA, maybe not only in cross-country, but overall in, in, in track and field, what
1: what are you all going to experience? Um. We're going to experience a rude awakening, um, to be 100% honest with you. Um, the CAA is very, very competitive in cross. And uh, a lot of the northern teams take it very, very seriously. Um, and so to be able to go in there um, and, and and compete at a high level, um, I think we'll, it will take us some time to get to the level that we ourselves internally want to be at. Um, but we won't be a bottom barrel team. We'll kind of be middle grade. And so um, just you know, with this, this new class that we have coming in, um, I guess that's the cool part of being able to see them mature and understand that hey, this is where where we start is not where we finish, right? Um, and and giving them this opportunity or this experience of being able to compete on the 27th, uh, I think really, really then shows them like okay, we're here. We thought we were doing this, but this is the reality. And now to grow from there and to really, really build a cross program that we as as Campbell lovers want to see of a top three program i think that's when that's when you'll really start to see those strides and us us get to that level
0: when you move on to the indoor and the outdoor this is something that just tells you all you need to know about how you guys are 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 leveling up as far as conference goes is the fact that i I believe the indoor championships are in new york city which is which is amazing what are you going into when you look at indoor and outdoor track so indoor and outdoor completely different
1: um just from from the perspective of where we are with our cross side to indoor and outdoor um we'll we'll we will be pretty elite, if not even more elite than what we were in the Big South. Wow, really? That's um, incredible. Yeah. So the difference in, in track, right, is is it's, it's sometimes it's about numbers. And we typically have a small team but more elite athletes. Um, High Point used to beat us in the Big South because they didn't necessarily have as many elite athletes, but they had a bigger team. So they would score points um, in areas that we couldn't score points because we didn't have the bodies. Well, now when we're going into a much competitive conference, we're still elite in regards to what we do in a national perspective. And so this conference doesn't necessarily give us too much of a challenge in that regard, but now our points actually mean more because you won't get bottom feeder points. Bottom feeder points won't be as easy to come by whether you have a bigger team or not because now we have 14 other teams that we're competing against, or 13, sorry.
0: Wow. Wow. And then that is, uh, that is incredible. And to move into outdoor where again, NCA and T who comes in now, now look, we talked about their, their sprinting programs and grant, they have the Olympians, but w- we have a couple that ended up in the top five. <laughs> so you yes. are, are chasing them, but that's a, that's another big, uh, big behemoth that's gonna, that's gonna be in the conference again.
1: It is. Um, and, and as much as I respect them, um, if you look at the numbers, there's no comparison to what we're doing. Yeah. So um, I'll be excited for that competition because I think it gives our athletes a high, high level of competition before we get into the national meets. Um, But, you know, if we continue to take care of business the way we've been taking care of business, um, and T will be looking at us getting trophies. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, yes. And that'll make you smile in a, in more ways than one, won't it? With yes. your ties to that school. Yes, totally. Being well, an
1: alum there, being able to beat up on them um, will be phenomenal. Yep. Yep. Former
0: <laughs> student athlete. Listen to some of our past contests and we'll tell you about uh, oh, what a ferocious football player um, this man. Uh, and a heck of a track and field and cross country coach as well. Coach, thank you so much. Uh, your season never ends, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> literally. Um, but thank you for, for spending time for us like you always do. And and have uh, and have good luck, uh, not only this weekend, but this cross-country season. Thank
1: you, and thank you so much for this opportunity.
0: He is head coach Virgil Gibbons. He is the best, and cross-country gets back after it this weekend in Raleigh. We'll be back. Evan and I will break down the rest of this weekend's schedule here on Camel Call <laughs> Welcome back to Chemical Friday with Evan Budrovich. I'm Chris Haymeyer. Hey, we are on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. If you could subscribe, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, it is a big week in the creek, a big weekend of soccer. Men's soccer goes back into the CAA. They'll take on Hofstra here at home at 2, one of the powers in the soccer league. That's on Saturday. Then our women battle Taos on Sunday at 1. Both of these matches are Are on-flow sports admission to every home
2: soccer match is free. Jeff Gross is the dude, man. I was talking to him this week (laughs) for the game Thursday night. Yeah. One, we were chopping it up about the Ryder Cup, which starts next week. But then two, he he really likes this team. Now they're young and they have some room for growth, but he's challenged his attacking players. They need to score more goals. And he said, hey, on that road trip, we got out of there with a draw and a loss, but we need to be more clinical and finish, and he wants to see that at home this week.
0: Yeah, and, and, and it seems like the defense is there for both teams just trying to find uh, that, that scoring threat. So, uh, again, this will be a big, a big weekend for both of those teams. Hey, volleyball on the road, and they will be competing in their first ever CAA contest. They travel to Delaware. Now, we talked a little bit about it last week, but, but volleyball has a unique setup to the conference season. They play on Saturday and Sunday the same team, so they'll take on Delaware 11 a.m. on Saturday, 1 p.m. on Sunday, both of these contests on Flow Sports. Now, you spent a lot of time with volleyball this weekend, did some broadcast Volleyball, a really good win against UTSA over the weekend. They are still without their setter. They've had other injuries, and they are being so competitive. Don't look at their record and think you know what this team is
2: because it's still a really, really good team, especially when they get all the way healthy. It is hard to sweep a team twice, and we saw that in the Big South during the COVID year where... That's a good point. Campbell won the league, but they were eleven or sorry, 10-2, and two. So it's hard to run the table when you play someone back-to-back and with a 24-hour gap. Sometimes you play high point on a Friday night at 6 and then drive to Hampton and play Hampton Saturday morning at 2. There's a little more time to recover. You have to look at the film and evaluate what you did well, what you didn't. But you're right with this one set of rotation Campbell has. Yeah. It's kind of all hands on deck. They had nine healthy players at practice this week. Uh, McKenna Shaka coming back from a concussion. The good news is the top six make it. The bad news is that's less than half the league. Yeah. So you have to play well throughout a two-month stretch. Obviously, at Delaware, you want to win both, but they're a top three team in the league in the preseason. If you can split and just kind of hang on early and then the home schedule is very winnable, win a lot of those games and sweep at home and then kind of split the road – you're in position to make the top six
0: you make a really good point I, I was looking at the same things when you when you talk about both our soccers and volleyball how it works folks is is six out of what is double digit members in the conference a uh, unequal number of of teams play an unequal number of sports but but basically it's a lot more competitive before it was like are we going to host the championships or not and now look there's a long way to go. But you start thinking about, hey, you do well in conference because you don't automatically get into the conference tournament, and that's going to be a a big thing this year. Because then you get in, these are all Campbell teams that have won trophies, both soccer and volleyball. These are teams that know how to win in a tournament setting. But you start thinking about exactly what you say. You you can't be injured for too long. Nobody's fault, but you could fall behind, and there's a lot of other teams that are in front of you. And here's
2: the tough part. They go to Delaware, top three preseason. Towson, who was undefeated, until the final week of the season. They are a legit mid-major volleyball power. Very good. You go to Towson. You go to Hofstra, who has their best start in program history, 8-1. You do go to Wilmington, who's terrible. So you should be able to win two there. But your road schedule is pretty tough this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: if any team can do it, uh, it's that one is they back to back trophies um, in volleyball. So it'll be interesting to see that all of that on flow sports. Uh, another great thing is this is a conference that really cares about the soccer and the volleyball. So so many more broadcasts, you got to go to flow to get them. I get that, but so many more broadcasts. Okay, our men's golf team, not televised, but they will have their first uh, tournament of the year. They'll go to the VCU shootout in Richmond on Monday and Tuesday. And also uh, tennis, they have a, a fall schedule as well. Um, the men's tennis team will be uh, ramping up things as uh, as they go to the UNCG
2: Fall Invitational in Greensboro. And how about Coach Sloop taking them to Polly's Island, yeah. South Carolina, on the women's side? I know they finished sixth. Then an individual in the top five, which was great. Yeah. But these tournaments, I'm just looking at them: Lubbock, Texas; Savannah, Georgia; Polly's Island, South Carolina; basically in Savannah, Jacksonville, Florida, and Gainesville. Like the, the road trips are amazing in golf.
0: Yeah. The, the, the Lubbock, they might, you know, L- Lubbock, there's good stuff around there, but Lubbock's Lubbock. But, but yeah, but they're going to Lubbock because it's a competitive tournament. When you have won 11 straight, gone to the NCAA tournament 11 straight times, you get to go to pretty much any tournament you want. But it's fun. They've put together a great, great schedule. Hey, speaking of uh, traveling away, okay, football hits the road, an all expense paid trip to West Long Branch, New Jersey. It's actually a pretty place, just a couple of miles from, uh, from the beach. They'll take on Monmouth. Now, this is where one of the many ways the CAA pays off. All right, Monmouth in West Long Branch, New Jersey. It's an hour south of New York City. It's an hour and a half from Philadelphia. As well as being on Flow Sports this weekend, Campbell and Monmouth will play On TV, on SNY and NBC Sports Philadelphia, they will reach over 10 million households. SNY is the flagship station for the New York Mets. They have all the Mets stuff on. NBC Sports Philadelphia has all the Philadelphia stuff on. So this is where a big difference is. You're not playing in Clinton, South Carolina this weekend. You're not playing in Boiling Springs. You're playing in the number one media market in the country. You're going to be shown on two of the top five media markets in the country It'll be Campbell and Orange taking on Monmouth.
2: And this was part of the rationale behind switching leagues, right? Exposure, national audience, and better competition. And Monmouth, who had run the Big South in its final couple years and had moved up a league, now Campbell gets an old rivalry, if you will, with Monmouth, and they had close games here and some good competition up there. What I like, too, for Campbell is it's a familiar trip. They've been to Monmouth. They've taken the charter flight. This is nothing new for them. And the way they played at the Citadel, and we talked about that, could they play a complete dominant win? And that's what they did. They, they blew yeah. the Citadel out.
0: The Citadel is not very good. I think they're going to get better. They found they have a transfer quarterback from Northern Illinois that they didn't want to upend the guy that has been there forever. So this guy is going to allow them to, to throw the ball, I think, one week full of practice. They're probably going to win more games than none, which it looked like during that game. But, again, like you say, to go on the road and not only beat a team. The Citadel's been around for over 100 years. That's one of the worst home losses that they've ever had. And they play in the SoCon, and they haven't always been great. They're going to be a great team again, but, but Campbell did exactly what they need to do. And now we'll find out, okay, do you step it up a level Monmouth, a lot better than their record last year, their first year in the CAA. Then you have Elon at home. These are two teams that are going to, at the very least be in the middle of this conference. If they get on a roll and the talent works out right, they could compete for an NCAA playoff spot. So these are two teams that you can really, really gauge yourself in you don't have to win it, quote, unquote, but but this will be a good gauge to kind of see of what's to come for Campbell this year. I, I think they're for real, at least offensively. Monmouth
2: runs the football. Yeah. And they have led the nation in rushing last year. They're, they had
0: the nation's best runner who is back as a junior.
2: And every year they've had a prolific running back, going back to Juwan Fari five yeah. years ago. They came into Bowie's Creek and won the Big South three years ago and ran the football down our throats. This is a great test because you saw in week one, Rush defense, had moments, got better in week two, and now it takes a big step. This is probably the best rushing team that they'll see all year.
0: No doubt. Jaden Sheridan is the rusher who led uh, all of FCS and then all of FBS uh, in rushing last year. He had over 1,700 yards, eight yards per carry, which which was amazing, and he is back. They also have a very good passing attack, and they have a grad school transfer quarterback from Sacred Heart, so they are a team... Kind of like Campbell can do a little bit of everything, but again, that elite running game. Hajmalik Williams on the other side of things, Campbell's quarterback, sensational. He leads the nation in passing accuracy nearly 80%. He's in the top 10 in everything else. It would have been hard to imagine him being better, but but he is better, and he's making those around him
2: better. This fifth-year senior is taking so many steps from when we saw him in 19, then the COVID year, then the injuries the last two years, I mean, he's clicking right now. Every option is open, and I give Coach Whedon a ton of credit for making his reads simple, easing the, the mental aspect. He just has to, here's an option one, here's option two. Now, Hodge has gotten better at staying in the pocket and not scrambling. He did score that nice rushing touchdown, but he's been very composed. He knows what this option is to this option to this option. Now, Mama's defense is better than the Citadel. That's That's part of it, but... It is funny because like, we know Kevin Callahan. He's such a good coach. Yeah. And the way that guy dials up defense, they put a ton of pressure on the quarterback. So if Hajj can handle that mentally, I think we're in a good spot. Yeah,
0: there is no doubt on that. And and Kimball's depth really showing off, uh, Hajj has completed – Passes to 12 different receivers, and four different running backs have, have scored have scored a touchdown. Campbell went trying to run up the score. They were running the ball with their third and fourth string back last week, and they were scoring with with McKay, and good, getting it done. Okay, where in the world is
2: Evan Budrovich? Where will you be at on our broadcast dial this weekend, Evan? Uh, high school football Friday night. And then Sunday, grabbing brunch. It's a quieter weekend for me. <laughs> okay. Grabbing okay. a little brunch in, in uh, Raleigh.
0: I don't think we've talked about it before, but, but Evan, if you don't know, he is uh, doing um, the uh, Spectrum Friday night high school uh, game of the week, which you can see all, the, all around the state. And I think uh, one was picked up all around the nation last week. On Stadium
2: that? TV, yeah. Uh, this week it's Bishop McGinnis in Greensboro, a little private Catholic school playing a, a Catholic school in, in Davidson.
0: There you go. Feeling right at home, uh, Evan Budrovich is. All right. Thanks, everybody. A big weekend, man. We'll have a lot to talk about next week. Campbell returns home football-wise, just uh, home game number two of four uh, next week, six o'clock Saturday against Elon. We'll get you set for that next week. We've got uh, Jeff Gross, women's soccer coach, along with Campbell head coach Mike Minner for football, our guests on Campbell Call Live coming up Monday, 630 at the county seat. For Evan, I'm Chris. So long. Have a great weekend.